Welcome to Let's Get Unraveled, a place where artists from all walks of life come to share their unabridged stories and speak openly and candidly about their creative journeys. We're so happy you're here. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Co Hodges. I'm one of the co-founders and lead instructors at Unraveled Academy. And today I have the very special treat to be speaking with the amazing Tamaya Colvin, who is not only an incredible creative entrepreneur, but has also become an industry legend for photography education. Uh, so this is just a thrill. Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So I typically start off with talking a little bit about the beginnings of your career and your creative journey. But first, uh, can you tell everyone where you are located and what type of work you primarily do? So I am in Houston, Texas, uh, in a little suburb of Houston, actually, called Humble. And that's where I am. Um, I, you know, it's a I'm in a very interesting space where it's like, what do you do for a living? Right. <laughs> and so <laughs> right. my, my answer used to be that I was a photographer, right? That was my answer. That was the standard. Um, but it has transitioned into more educator than, than photographer more than anything else right now. And so I wish I could say that, you know, I'm a photographer. <laughs> this is what I do all day. I take pictures for a living. Uh, it's not the truth anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I would have to say that I am, I don't know. I am, I guess I am who I am. <laughs> you are who you are, yeah. which is badass. No, I, I love yeah. that. And that is that I, I have a parallel experience to that. And it's something that kind of came uh, by surprise at first and then kind of escalated very quickly into the educator role. So I'm, I'm very familiar with, with that transition. <laughs> right, right. So, um, yeah, I'm in an interesting space. So in my real life, I guess I could say I'm a, photographer, but my true passion is really, honestly, uh, education. Oh, absolutely. And that shines through. That's literally what connected us. Um, I've had so many amazing women tell me about you and the work you're doing and uh, the cookout most recently, which we'll talk about too, <laughs> um, and just what an impact you're making uh, in the creative industry. So I, I'm, I'm really blown away by you. Oh, well, thank you. I'm, I'm you know, it's kind of like when you when you have like your 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 little when you're focused on what you're doing, you kind of don't look up. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. So thank well, you. You. <laughs> you keep doing you, girl. It's working. Um, yeah. Will you tell everybody a little bit about your beginnings, when you picked up a camera in the first place, and why? So I actually started started my life as a teacher. And that is my, honestly, that's my happy place. And so five years, I guess, into my career as a teacher, I picked up a camera and started doing scrapbooking and that type of thing. And then, you know, after a little while, I started taking more pictures <laughs> than I was selling scrapbooks. And somehow two years later after that, I walked away from my career in teaching. <laughs> wow. That happened really yeah. fast, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, amazing. And then how far into your photography career did you transition into education? 
You know, that has always been it. Um, yeah. I, when I look back, like over the years, there was never a time where I wasn't the role of educator when I was doing photography, like not ever. I always hosted like meetups and that type of thing. So I've always had that, the push for education. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Well, you obviously have such a heart for it. Recently, um, I saw one of your posts uh, on Facebook where you were gifting uh, a certain number of hours of free mentoring out into the community. And I was just like, man, that's that's awesome. That's very in line with with what we do here at Unraveled, which is um, it's always inspiring to see other individuals you know, have, have a similar core value. Um, especially in regards to helping people um, on, and what can very typically be a difficult path. Um, I don't like to use the word self-taught because I don't consider myself to be self-taught. I've always learned from others, but it is, it's always a, um, a, a self-push uh, to find the right education for you to become a photographer and even more so a successful photographer and even more than that, a creative entrepreneur. And it's always really difficult to find the right avenues for education. So um, again, mm -hmm. I think you're just really putting out the right stuff. Well, thank you. And it took a while, even when I started photography, I really, I mean, obviously, you know, there were spaces like Creative Live and, mm -hmm. um, Obviously, Sue Bryce at that point was really, really hot. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't anyone really local that I could kind of consider a mentor. Um, or, you know, because not that photography is one of those things where it's kind of, you're kind of like in your own little circle. Mm -hmm. And you work so much alone. And so I had a bit of a trouble, you know, trying to get some help here in Houston. So I did, I'm not self-taught by any means, Um but I did it. I did had to get had to get creative about how I was learning and going to workshops and different things like that. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it, you can you can really spend a lot of money to learn maybe not the right things for you. So it, it definitely uh, it's transitioned over the last several years, um, which has been amazing with more options for for different types of photographers, which has been great. Right. Um, yeah, and then and I, you know one of the things that I think is important because you mentioned um, being a, you know, gifting those hours per, per month. And that's important to me because when I was starting out, I was, I'm still a single mom, but there were some things or some workshops that I wanted to go to that were just completely out of my financial reach. Right. Right. So with those hours per month, I, I am sure that there are other people in the same predicament mm -hmm. that maybe need a little something, you know, just for the time being, just to get them by. Oh, absolutely. Oh, man. So many parallels. And, and that is so true. When we went to launch this. Uh, Unraveled Academy, it was very much based on the concept of not everybody out there, not every woman out there can drop several thousand dollars to go to an in-person retreat and change their lives, you know? Right. Um, so that's, it's so true for so many people. And there's a huge volume of single moms, uh, myself included, uh, in the photography industry, and a lot of whom don't really speak up about how hard that is, um, mm -hmm. truly. So I, I commend you for being a voice uh, for them and and a helping hand, it's it's truly honorable. Um, Thank you. Let's talk a little bit, and I know we talked about 
this earlier, you and I, privately, about something that's kind of a hot topic right now. People are talking about it. Some people are confused about what it really means. Uh, let's talk about imposter syndrome. Um, I know that you have a really, really beautiful stance on this, and I would really like to hone in on this and help people who are struggling with uh, with this. So first, can you explain to everybody what exactly it is and why it's so dangerous? Okay, so let me, let me I want to look it up so I can get the, the real definition. <laughs> so, so, hold on, I'm gonna do that. Just All right. So Get it, girl. My old friend Google. <laughs> yes. Google my way through life. <laughs> right. That's what I'm going to do right now. Um, and so when I look it up, it says um, imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of it being exposed as a fraud. Mm -hmm. Whew, that's mm -hmm. a lot. That is a lot. And you know, everybody felt that on some level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And I think for me, one of the things, like even when I went to, um, to Creative Live a few, I think it was maybe now like a few months ago, and I was working on my keynote and I was getting prepared and something kept bugging me and it kept telling me that, you know what, you you aren't, you aren't good enough. Right. Right. That, um, you know, like people are going to find out that you're not perfect or you don't know everything. Right. 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 <laughs> and so, and so when I emailed them back and I was like, okay, I'm going to get my shit together because mm -hmm. I, I realized I was, I was procrastinating, not because I didn't know the information or that I couldn't present the information, I was procrastinating because I was afraid that it wasn't going to be right. Yeah. Or it wasn't going to be as good as I thought it could be or, you know, and that type of thing. Right. And so one of the things that came out and I just said, you know, I'm not perfect. And I just said it up front. So I just set the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm letting everybody know whoever's watching that I'm not perfect. Let's just get this out of the way. Right. And from there, I was able to really speak from my heart and from my passion and not really be concerned with, am I getting it um, completely right? Right. Fuck, girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's such a hard thing to admit out loud, but we all strive to be validated by our peers. That's just human nature, you know, and uh -huh. th that is normal, but then it gets into another, another element, another level of dangerous when it becomes, you know, this where you truly feel like you're a fake, a fraud. Don't call yourself a mm -hmm. photographer. Don't call yourself an educator. Don't call yourself whatever it is that you are projecting into the world. Um, yeah, I've been there. I know everybody on some level can say that they've experienced this, especially in the creative Absolutely. industry. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you know, we, we sit on social media a lot and we depend on social media for our information and everything like that. And then, you know, eventually, you know, you start comparing yourself to someone that you're following or even someone in a group that you've never seen before, you know, you click on their page and you're like, whoa, these, their images are amazing. And so you're like, oh, no, 
I'm not, I, I'm not as good as her, so I'm not good. Right. Um, and so that's the, you know, just kind of walking away from that and just saying, okay, you know, what if they find out I'm not as good? Well, you know what? I'm not. Right. <laughs> I would. You know, <laughs> that's been my thing. Right. It's just admitting that I, that, you know, there are going to be times where I make mistakes and I have to allow myself the opportunity and the space to make mistakes so that I can grow. Because if I'm not making mistakes, then I'm not growing. Right. Oh, I love that so much. So how do you feel like that transitions into the concept of quote unquote, making it. Um, and I, you hear that a lot. I'm sure you hear it all the time. Or like, oh, how, how, what's it like to have made it? Or how do you know when you made it? And can you elaborate on that for everybody? What the yeah. hell making it looks like? Waking it, you know, I used to think, you know, I was sitting on the couch last week um, in a unicorn onesie. <laughs> um, yes. Literally. I'm supposed to use unicorn onesie, fuzzy socks watching the bodyguard right oh amazing and and i i went to post on social media i was like yeah whatever but people think that making it is like living in this elaborate house or driving a fancy car or having your work here or you know being known as like a rock star industry mm -hmm. this or this or that mm -hmm. and for me I was like, Tamaya, you've made it. And it wasn't because I, I've been on Creative Live or I've done this or I've done that. That's not, that's not, in my opinion, making it. My opinion is sitting on the couch with my children or me sitting there in my unicorn onesie <laughs> at peace. Yes. That's making it to me. Yes. Oh. It's not, it's no longer anything that, you know, that, you know, it's not like wearing fancy shoes or this or that. Right. It, it's really making it for me. It's just finding my happy place and being and being okay with who I am and who I go to sleep as and the work that I'm doing. If that's fine, then to me, that that qualifies as, as though I've made it. Hell yes. Uh, so I want to know this. So how long did it take you? Obviously, it's a journey. It's a journey of like self-exploration, right? Uh, I feel like right. a lot of women really kind of find themselves in, in, in motherhood. I know I did. Um, mm -hmm. So for you, like how did that, what was that journey like to really find that peace? It took losing everything. Yeah. So if you, if you take away all of those materialistic things and you have nothing left, then what do you have? You have yourself. Yeah. And that's it. Damn. Oh, well. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why, but I think I needed to talk to you today. <laughs> oh, because <laughs> oh, yeah. it's so true. You never know who's going through what at what point and what time. That mm -hmm. And that I know that just helped a shitload of people. Thank you for being vulnerable and, and talking about that. Um, yeah. I, I even, you know, I talked to one of my friends this morning and we talked about, um, you know, yesterday or day before yesterday, like she posted on, on social media, you know, check on your strong friends. Right. Yeah. And one of my good friends, um, 
I had really just, I thought that she was fine. Like I really thought that she was okay. Yeah. And it, I didn't need to check on her because she was so strong and she was so this. And after I talked to her, I realized when she told me, she said, I have, I, I'm not okay. Mm. But on the outside, you would think that everything was perfect, right? Right. Like it's fine. You know, you look at the social media posts, you look at, you know, whatever, mm. but she wasn't okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, it took me saying, you know, when I sit at a table and I'm at, I'm in a, I'm at a function of, you know, of all the industry people that you could imagine, right? Mm-hmm. And you're in the room with them, or you're at lunch with them, or you're at dinner with them, or you're at someone's home with them, and you're you're in the room and you're in the space, and you realize that these people are people just like I am. Mm-hmm. There is no different. There's no difference in in what they do and what I do. We're all the same. Right. And so my thing was like, oh, okay. So stop putting these people on a pedestal and stop comparing yourself to their, your accomplishments to their accomplishments Mm -hmm. because they're human. You know, it's like they have to put on their pants. They have to take a shower. Mm -hmm. They have um, insecurities. Yes. They have failures just like we do. But the only difference is, is that we don't know them. That's the only difference. Right. Exactly. I, I, I always wonder that too, like what, what's really going on, you know, behind closed doors of these people who think uh-huh. have it all together. Cause I still find myself doing that. Even though I know the truth, I know that nobody really has like has it all together all the time. I'll still be like, Oh man, look at her. Her house is spotless and her kids are well-dressed and she's got her shit together. And man, I want to be like, and I'm barely just trying to keep my kids safe. Everybody, is everybody alive? Right. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. My kids yeah. are dressed for school. That's a win. <laughs> yeah. I mean, or they, do they get on, do they get there on time? <laughs> right. right. And probably not in my case, but oh, pretty close. <laughs> yeah. Pretty close. Now I love that. Um, last year when I was going through my divorce, I taught a couple workshops during that time, but one in particular, it was my really, really like dark time. It was my rock bottom of my divorce. I still had to get mm-hmm. up and, and teach and and be this person that they thought I was. And even though inside I was like, I don't know where that woman is, but she ain't here. And yeah. it was a really poignant moment for me. Right, right. I was like, I gotta just show up and and make sure they get their money's worth, right? Um, but it was a really even though it was a really hard, probably the hardest workshop I've ever taught. Um, and honestly, I feel like I blacked out during most of it because I don't remember half of it. But um, it was a very needed moment. It was a, the most humbling experience of my life where I brought me down to a level where I was like, it's not failing. Going through this trial, going through this rough patch is human. And it really, it really changed the dynamic of my teachings from then on out. So um, the rough stuff just makes us better at what we do. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't be able to sit and tell someone that, you know, you'll make it through divorce if I hadn't set my ass in those same shoes. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. unless, you know, you've gone to court and, you know, you've mm-hmm. had in the car and cried afterwards or you're 
trying to figure out how to make this photography business work for you because all of a sudden you've lost your second income and you have to figure this out. Yep. That gets really real, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It sure does. I remember yeah. I've never told this story, but I'm going to tell it today because it seems right. I was rock bottom right around the same time, and I had lost a lot of money in my divorce, spent a ton of money, lawyers, you know you know the drill. Mm-hmm. And I went back to my nursing job because I was a nurse for almost 10 years prior to uh, my photography career. And like, and did both for a while at the same time. But I went back to my nursing job and my first shift back, because I was so broke, after shift, I was working night shift, I went to McDonald's to get a spicy McChicken sandwich, which is a dollar, and my card got declined. And because mm-hmm. my bank account was overdrafted and I had literally negative $150, I had no money left. And nobody to back me up anymore. And it was mm-hmm. rock fucking bottom for me. And it was one and then one of those moments where you're like, I'm going to climb out of this and this will make me better. But man, that's rough when you're in it. That is rough when you're like, I am failing at life. <laughs> Period. And some type of way you have to walk out of the house like you have your shit together. Uh-huh. Yep. And you got to take care of other humans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It's. I know there's so many women out there that can relate to these stories. It's uh, very common. And more than we think. Right, right, for sure. Oh, my gosh. This is just such a thrill to be able to speak to you. I want you to tell everybody a little bit about the cookout, and then I want to talk about what this next year is going to look like for you. So can you give? Can you tell everybody what the cookout was and, and why it was so kick-ass? Um, so the cookout, um, was my very first photography workshop slash conference, I should say. And I came up with the idea because I wanted to really see black photographers excel and have the opportunity to network some of the things I hadn't been able to see in the industry and some of the things I hadn't been able to experience myself. And, you know, um, Tim, uh, Tim Riddick said, you know, what would you do if you weren't afraid? And I was like, I would host a workshop. I would, ho- I would host a, a, a real life conference. And I hadn't did it because I was afraid. Mm-hmm. Right. I was like, this, this shit is going to fail. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, either I'm going to do this and it's going to go well, or I am about to lose a shit ton of money. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> that is a fact. <laughs> and unless you posted a workshop or a conference, you know the risk that you are running, right? For sure. For sure. For sure. Yep. Nobody knows that except for the work, people that host workshops. They yep. know the amount of money that you are you can risk. Yes. So I was like, okay, let's see what I'm going to do. So I said, okay, so I'm going to host, host this workshop. So I posted in the group and my community, um, hey, um, you know, I think I'm going to go ahead and do this. You know, what dates are you all thinking? Uh, what city? So it's like, oh, okay, we'll come up with a city. So bam, we have a city. No venue, no nothing. No <laughs> no speakers, none of this stuff. No website, no tickets, nothing. Okay. So then, all right, so we get, we throw together a city. Then we ask another question. What date? We throw together a date. Still no city. I mean, still no low venue, 
none of these things that I, I was supposed to have in place that I have in place because I didn't even know I was supposed to have these things in place at right. first. Um, and said, okay, we're going to charge 350 just random price. Like, right. this should be enough. Again, no experience. This should be enough. Right? Right, right, right. And so I was like, okay, so I call a few videos. It's going to be 50 people. I was like, yeah, 50 people. Yeah, that's what it's going to be, sure. And like, man, three days, all the tickets were gone. Wow. And I was like, uh oh, I think we need a bigger venue. So yes. then I call the lady back. And so I'm like, okay, I, I think I'm going to do 100. Still, I have no website. I have nothing. Like, this is, I swear to you, on my whole life, this was the most raggedy thing I'd ever put together in my <laughs> entire life. Um, because I always, I'm the type of person, and I believe that you are too. Like, when we come out with something, we have a brand. Mm-hmm. You know, we probably have a website that's been proofread, graphics. You know, yes. all these things that we have in place, right? Because we're just those type of people. Right. And this is the first time I'm hosting a conference and I have nothing to, I don't have my shit together at all. Because I'm just rolling, <laughs> I'm rolling on on a hope and a, and a, and a prayer. Just right. going, like, okay, I have to do this. People start paying, okay. Because, uh, mind you, I have to book a video and I, I don't even know what the hell is happening. Busy <laughs> <laughs> people, yeah, sure. So then I started adding people on. No contracts, no speaker contracts. When I tell you this was raggedy, it was raggedy, okay? <laughs> so it took me like two or three months just to get my feet on the ground because it took off so fast. Yeah. So it took off and I was rolling and I, I hadn't had time to sit down and like really put the groundwork in. So it went so fast that I had to sit down and then put my seatbelt on and then put things into place. And so mm-hmm. it was really good. It was a hundred, like 115 or so photographers mm-hmm. um, showed up. We had a real life barbecue. Um, in Atlanta at a park and then we learned for two days and had style shoots and different things like that. And so um for twenty nineteen we're going to New Orleans mm-hmm. and you know, again <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what may happen. <laughs> <laughs> well I'll tell you this. I have several friends that yeah. went and raved about okay. it. Just raved about it. And I know that it was successful for two reasons. One, because it was you. And two, because it is really needed. Like you provided something to your community that everybody needed, like intrinsically, you know? And yeah. it was really eye-opening for me, um, you know, in the industry as a whole and looking at the the different community, the subsects of communities within the larger photography community and what was really happening. And and the truth behind it. And so you gave, that's why they sold out in like two seconds with no groundwork at all, because everybody knew they needed it. And you, you gave that Mm -hmm. to them. So you should be so proud. Oh, thank you. And then I think, you know, I I was reading an article last night about like, why do people of color need their own spaces? I saw that. It was brilliant. Yeah. And it was so good. And I realized Again, this is months later, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I put my seatbelt on, and this is just last night, I realized, okay, this is why it was so important. Yep. This is why, this is why it worked. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Yep, it did. And from the outside looking in, it was 
really, really cool to watch. Um, I can't oh, wait okay. to see it again. And now that we are connected, just to continue to cheer you on, we're big fans over here. Um, thank you for being here today and for, for really speaking your heart. It means a lot. Um, and I'm going to link in the show notes uh, how people can find you. And mm -hmm. if you'll send me a link for when you have it <laughs> for the future cookout, when you have oh, it, no together. rush. Yeah, I will, together now. Right? I will link that as well. And so people can uh, can go see what you're creating and, uh, and what you're offering to the community. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. And uh, we'll chat soon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means so much to us that you're here and we hope you walk away feeling inspired as hell. If you're not already a student in Unraveled Academy, go to www.theunraveledacademy.com. You can also access the link below. Come join us. We have a seat waiting with your name on it.